When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. At Stangy Law Firm, we represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. Ladies and gentlemen, today's episode brought to you by VJ USA. You've seen them everywhere on your favorite athletes on everybody's Instagram page. Why is everybody so nuts about these shoes, which they're calling hashtag the best grip on the planet? Well, because they kind of are. I just ran the Tough Mudder in them, and there was these super, super steep hills in Glen Helen, and like new people who don't have OCR shoes were like sitting on their butts and being really precarious. And I was like, wee! Well, not we on every hill, but most of the hills, I was able to fly down because why? I had my VJs, they were awesome. You need to know that they are currently fully stocked in all sizes for men and women on the VJ Extreme. I know they were out for a little bit, but they're back now. Here's your code, ORM30. You wanna check them out at vjshoesusa.com. That's vjshoesusa.com. Hey River, do you wanna say something on the microphone? You want to tell a joke? Knock, knock. Who's there? Duck. Duck who? Crack. Yeah! Welcome to the Obstacle Racing Media Podcast with Matt B. Davis. With over 200 episodes since 2012, Matt has produced the most consistent podcast in OCR. Each episode, Matt speaks with race directors, athletes, and industry insiders to bring you the most in-depth interviews and conversations in the world of obstacle racing, adventure runs, and ultra-marathons. If you have small children nearby, now's the time to put on some headphones or send them off to watch Phineas and Ferb, as there are occasionally four-letter words which are never bleeped. Now, here's your host, Matt B. Davis. Good day, everyone. Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Bobby Davis. I am driving. I'm on the 10, screaming down the highway, approximately 78 miles an hour, headed to the airport, headed back to the ATL after a week in Los Angeles. I arrived in Los Angeles one week ago today. It's the longest I've been away from home in a minute. As I've mentioned, it is a super secret project that I couldn't speak about. And for a second, I thought maybe I... Did I fly on Tuesday? I honestly can't remember. It's been so long. Anyway, you'll find out more. Super secret project. Just put that in your memory bank for now. And then when I talk about it, I can talk about it. So first of all, I'm recording this in the car because I'm going to try something where I actually edit this thing in the plane so that it's ready to go. Because what's gonna happen is by the time I land, it's in the afternoon, blah, 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 see my kids, see my wife, blah, 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 I won't feel like working. Uh, that's what happens when you fly back to the East Coast, by the way, that's one of the worst things, is uh, you think you've, like, oh, well, I land Monday afternoon. Not really, because you may as well land Monday night, nothing's gonna get done. Anyway, I'm rambling. I just listened to OCR talk again. I can honestly say, in seven years of obstacle podcasting, I've never listened to somebody's episode more than once, other than mine own, if I wanted to go go back to the memory banks. And uh, just what can I say? Anna, Jason, you nailed it. Great job. Go listen to it, everybody. Also, I notice a lot of people in the Discord every week from Josh and I. That's amazing. 
And here's what I want Josh Chase to know, in case I forget to tell you, Josh. Do you know that as a podcaster, when you do what they say, what they call a call to action, like leave me a review or donate to my Patreon, you have to do it a lot of times, a lot of times to get people to act because first of all, it just takes people a lot and it's a passive medium, right? They're driving, they're working out, whatever. The fact that we're driving so many people to the OSER Discord is really impressive. So good job, you. Now I'm like, I have this impression. Now I'm trying to get the impression of Jason doing impressions of everybody out of my head. So good job, guys. Let's do a good job. And I appreciate you being appreciative. Hey, guys, did you, were you thinking of my soothing voice when you were completing those obstacles? Go listen to that OCR talk. It's called the OCR Explosion. This is a Tough Mudder episode. And as you're going to hear, they did a bunch of things right. And I can't remember exactly who I said the same things to, so I'm not going to go back into it about all the things they did right on here in the intro. I will say they did a great job, and I will say they are not out of the woods, and I definitely told Kyle that in my half-an-hour conversation with him. Did I mention I'm going to try to edit on the plane? I just realized, like, I'm going to have to, like, edit these, these, like... Anyway, um... Great job, TM. And great job, TM. And when we do a great job, there'll be a great job that gets done. And when I go bass fishing, I take Bass Fishing X Elite and helps my cast. Uh, I'm just going to make OCR talk references the whole goddamn time. I might listen to it a third time. Man, that was good. Because I listened in one and a half speed. So, (laughs) I can't get you out of my head, Jason. Now I'm hearing me, you doing me, doing you. Hey guys, it's Matt Davis. And I put it out Tuesday. Uh, or Wednesday, or whatever the hell happens, because I do whatever the hell's in my head, because I'm Jason Dupree, being Mappy Davis. You've ruined me. You've ruined me, Jason Dupree. Tough butter, not out of the woods. They got a whole year. They got to get it right every time. They got not a lot of wiggle room with the audience. Uh, you're going to hear from Bobby, Bobby Boo Bam. <laughs> you're going to hear from Heather Bodie and Bobby Boo Bam and Hunter McIntyre right here, okay? Does that sound good, Anna? Yeah, it sounds good to me. I'm Anna Landry. Nobody can remember my name if I'm Ann or Anna. And that other guy that helps Jason is Anna Landry. Okay, join the Discord. What about the charges? What about your mom? What about uh, what about the Tough Mudder? What about Maverick? What about Goose? Check, 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 check. Fuck, finally. Fuck, fuck. Hunter, I'm about to see Hunter's uh, wang. He's getting undressed. I'm 100% going to get there's a young lady nearby. She probably should turn around. If she, oh, she's not turning around. She clearly wants to see. Not very uh, woke lady. Not very woke. She's like doing the half turn. Like I'm not really looking, but she's gonna sneak. Now she's like. Now she's 180. Yeah, just do it. If only he had a shower toga, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, and there's Hunter's butt, and there's a sand coming out of it right now. This woman in front of me is pretending to not look, and the shorts are on. Okay. Okay. So. Let's talk, dude, while you put some socks on. Tell me what you were just saying about uh, about taking that guy. Take, okay, what's the gentleman's name you just took through the course? I just took my buddy Martinez through the course. Uh, he got connected with us because he's a huge fan of doing marathons. And I met a friend who's doing a piece on him through the New York Post. And I was like, man, that sounds like a really cool opportunity. I'd love to see if you'd like be interested in a Tough Mudder. So literally a month ago, this guy signed on board, started doing the T-30 program we've been working on. Now I just kind of like check in with him, shoot him a message every once in a while. But 
you know, he's very unfamiliar with the sport of obstacle course racing and very unfamiliar with what it looks like to conquer a, like a full full um, distance Tough Mudder. And uh, we just finished six hours of doing it. So, like, it was an incredibly, it was like a mini world's toughest mudder today. Yeah, he did not look like he was going to go through um, uh, EST there, electroshock therapy. Was that, were most of the obstacles, like, that kind of, like, coaching, like, you know, giving him the good old motivation to go through? Luckily, uh, I had Angelo, my buddy, who was part of the filming program, and he was one of the athletes behind me the entire time through the program. And then this other guy named Joe who did T-minus 30, we just met him today, came and started, he saw us running, and he jumped the fence because he was already way ahead of us, and came back, and he started running the entire course with us. So the entire day, it was kind of a mixture of, like, you know, me being at the bottom of something, somebody else being at the top of something, and we would, like, work together with Martinez to get him up and over, like, you know, one of the big walls. Or help him get him up Everest. Like the probably the most impressive thing that we did was uh, kind of like create that daisy chain going up that slip wall, that big white slip wall. So, I mean, it was incredible, and a lot of it was just you know mind over matter. I think a lot of people come out here and they're like, I I'm not gonna go through that sewer drain pipe with freezing cold water. Like Augustus Gloop was one of the hardest ones for him, and it was pretty incredible experience. Like to myself, I've been running this professionally for seven years. Like you could literally light something on fire and cover it with like, you know, shards of glass. And I'd probably jump through it just because of the normality of what it is now. Yeah. I actually hadn't, hadn't done uh, a mutter in a while. And I forgot like, Oh yeah, Augustus Gloop and like cage crawl kind of like suck. Yeah. You know, <laughs> cage crawl sucks. Dude, that you know, in the good way, in the good way. No, no, no. I mean, it, it's incredible. By the end of it, like you're laughing, you're having a good time, you're giving everybody high fives. Like it's it, it's empowering. You laugh at your friends. Like that one that's basically really low to the ground that you're crawling on with the wires that hang down. I can't remember the name of it. Entrapment. Entrapment sucks. By far the worst one because you're getting dragged across the dirt and you don't think you're gonna get shocked. And then right when you think you're out, you get hit like two more times. So it was incredibly encouraging to watch other people get through that shit and myself I just I grit through it the entire time now I know you gotta go in a minute but I do wanna ask uh, how was your open this year CrossFit open was really good um you know I would say come down a little bit so I don't have to reach up like I'm a midget thank you CrossFit open went really well like there was workouts that I needed to do well in that I did so bad in last year that I did measurably much better in and then the rest of them, like, you know, I would finish, you know, one of them was like 100th in the world. Most of them were top 500 in the world. And that's all that matters. You know, it's not anything that's going to get me to the games. I had one that was really bad, but that's just kind of like the nature of the beast. Like, you learn things you suck at. Like, I suck at handstand push-ups. Look at the length of my arms. Like, most of these CrossFitters, their arms are like a third of mine. And that's totally fine. Like, when it comes to running, that means they have short legs. But that, P.S., by the way, that's one of the reasons I don't like CrossFit, though. Well, I mean, that's the interesting thing about the CrossFit games, though. CrossFit games, and I keep on telling people this, it's like it's really a competitor's event rather than a CrossFitter's event. It means, like, you have to game the system. There's some endurance ones. There's some strength ones. There's some CrossFit ones. Some are going to be so hard for the little guy to do, and some are going to be so easy for the, um, for the little guy to do. So how does Matt crush everybody? Well, Matt Frazier, dude, is honestly like at my nipple. He's like five foot four, and he's, I mean, not to say that's a bad thing. There's some people who've done really impressive things to that height, including himself. And the guy uh, is incredibly strong, and he's well-conditioned. But if, like, if you put him on like, the field in a rugby match, what would happen? He'd explode. So, like, you know, he found a sport that really suited him. I found a sport that suited me for seven years. I did obstacle course racing, and now I'm sick and tired of it, so I'm going to beat the shit out of some CrossFitters. So how long is it going to take, though, if you did, if you were, like, to go from 500th to, you know, 
top 25 or whatever it takes to get to the games? Uh, I would say it's going to be another year. Easily. Easily another year. I don't have a doubt in my mind that I'm going to be there in a year. Like, it, it's, it just happens so quickly. Does that mean we're giving up on this hashtag already? No, get 100 of the games? Yeah. No, no, dude. We're doing the wild card. So the whole thing that I explained to you multiple times is CrossFit. I know, but you made it sound like you're giving up already. No, 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 no. I just don't have to do I, it. Through. I was the first platform that we created that. Remember, I, we were coming up yeah, with it together. I don't have to do that. Just to remind you, I don't have to do that through the open or a sanctioned event. There's four wild card spots. Right. So we just started filming the campaign. Like the this past week, I was filming with Fit Aid with this kid, Ryan Fisher, who was one of the best CrossFitters for a while. And he and I like just beat the shit out of each other. And I filmed with Rich. We did like VO2 max and all this aerobic threshold training. And like, you know, just to see what what the body looks like and how to build a CrossFitter from scratch. And then from here, we're going to go to Kansas and go compete with Hepner and a couple other games athletes for a couple days. Then from there, I'm going to go down to Tennessee. Like the, the journey started, you know, like literally on Monday, you're going to shit your pants when you see all the stuff we got coming out. Ladies and gentlemen, Hunter McIntyre, we're going to be shitting our pants. Yeah, yeah. All right, good seeing you, dude. Bean, six, seven, testing, six, seven. Josh Cox. Hey. I was hoping to see your partner, Carlo. I was going to say, which one? Oh, I was hoping we were going to see Carlo. Mm -hmm. Now, let me ask you a question. Let's get her in here. Yeah, Psst, Michelle, come Psst, on. Michelle, come on over here. Come on, yeah, Michelle, yeah. tell everybody your name and where you're from. I'm Michelle, and I'm from Santa Rosa. Now, had you seen a lot of Josh's uh, homoeroticism prior to dating him? <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> and she still sticks around. Yep. But, like, did you see it on the Piss and Cock show? Or? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Some might so say you that's saying, what got her. Are you that saying that you're here. dating a fan? I mean, yeah, I'd like to think so. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's Stockholm Syndrome is really what it's called. <laughs> She's on my side now. Take that, world. So you watch these videos. You're like, there's a guy who keeps trying to stick his dick in his friend's mouth. Allegedly. Thank you. <laughs> and you were like, I want to date that guy. Well, doing yeah. his... Doing the fitness rebellion at any time also helped. Oh, and she okay. So coached by him, this seems like it could and go personal training horribly wrong. This yeah. could go horribly, horribly wrong. But it's going right so far. All right, how long are you guys mean? together? Uh, about a year and some year and a half ish, somewhere okay. there. <laughs> okay, let's talk about first course of the year, 2019. You and your partner, certainly uh, the other one, Carlo. Don't yeah. call him Carlos. The, you got to call a manlier one. Closer to your mouth. A little bit closer to your mouth. When she's talking, give it to her. When you're talking, just put it right here. She's in. not talking. I no. was talking, though. Right. So, Am I doing good? Is this a good distance right here? You have been a great ambassador because you're, you guys are honest. Like, you're not just fanboys. You're like, hey, that was stupid. This looked dumb. So tell me what you think of 2019 first course. 2019. Honestly, that was rad as hell. Uh, and uh, doing this with Michelle, it's been fun because she's been getting into it the last year, year and a half almost, and she hasn't gotten kind of the one lap classic Tough Mudder experience. And it, honestly, it was kind of a bummer last year being like, yeah, these are going to be great. And then the two lap thing was not so much. And it's like, you pump something up to be really awesome and then you're like uh kind of wasn't what i thought this is closer to what i was kind of pushing her in the direction of what it, it's like it's great i feel like this is the most fun i've had in a long time at yeah, any yeah. obstacle race yeah no honestly it was, i mean other than shorter ones well i think those here's... are a blast and you're not as sore well first of all i'm gonna be sore as heck we thought they said rum that's ah! their shirt says it's um, hilarious i think me not running that much 
in the last couple of years really helped because I was like scared again. Like Cage Crawl scared me. And, Did it? And uh, and what do you call it? Uh, Gus's Gloop was like, oh fuck. Like, yeah. and that, but like that's a good kind of oh fuck. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. When the you kind do this, where up, your heart starts to race a little bit, and you're like, okay. And then when you're done, you're actually glad about it instead of. Oh, okay, cool. Another thing. Right? Uh, no, honestly. Yeah. So I feel like I feel like it, it gave me the opportunity to really enjoy it. Oh, dude, I felt the same way. Like doing the gauntlet, I went through the gauntlet. That was the first time I ever successfully made it through because you know they had it at Worlds, but it was, it was frozen, frozen and shut down. Terrible, and everything was the worst. And this was not frozen and terrible. And doing it, it was like being done. Yeah, I did that. Right? Oh, that was good. That was good. And then having Mutterhorn here. Yeah, man, that's balls in your throat. Hey, lady balls in your throat. Right? Lady balls, for sure. So it's good, man. I'm I'm getting down with you on that. How many of these are you gonna do this year? How many are you gonna do, Michelle? I don't know, six. I think we're doing six. Two, four, six. Eight. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna list them for you. You ready? Okay, yeah. SoCal, NorCal, NorCal, yes. SoCal. Uh, this is SoCal. Well, yeah. I'm like, well, they do the San Diego one too, right? That's the San Elsinore Diego. or whatever. Yeah. SAC, Double Days, Sonoma, Double Days. We're talking about going to Twin Cities. Twin Cities, Seattle, possibly Vegas, possibly. I was gonna say Seattle and Whistler, like just right up the West Coast. Yeah, Those I've actually never do. done Seattle, and that's that's been on my bucket list for a long time now. What about Seattle Spartan next weekend? Definitely won't be hitting that one up. Would I you meet visit me? my brother would in you, Sacramento? Would you meet me there? If you f if you fly me out, oh dude, I will ditch my brother in a heartbeat. I don't for know you. if you've heard, but I do not have what they call Will Hicks money. <laughs> me neither. So can you believe that shit, dude? Carlo just killing it on the world's toughest podcast. I keep telling feed. him, I'm like, hey, dude, if you got any sugar daddies that want to fly me places, and right, because you guys could be the dynamic duo. Yeah, but he just keeps holding on to it for himself. It's like he doesn't even like obstacles or racing or mutter. You remember Skip Hicks? Skip Hicks. Running back for the Washington Redskins? No, and I'm pretty good on the footballs. Yeah. You know I'm pretty good he, on the footballs. He was, he was kind of like the Kajana Carter, where it was like, oh, watch for this guy. Ah, never mind. It's ah, He's one of those guys. Let's get him out of here. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. Skip Hicks, it reminded me of how Will Hicks skips me on everything. Oh. Is just really where I was going. Obscure Washington Redskins trivia. You know, that's that's, that's also thing, what got you Michelle. Pull, you pull all this gay stuff, but then you really know about sports. I know. Well, dude, hey, why can't the maybe gays know about sports? I'm even wearing a Some Dudes Married Dudes Get Over It shirt. Who's that made by? Fuck hate. Oh, fuck hate. Get yeah. it? Fuck yeah, hate. Dude, get it with the number. Because it's the who, number who do, who, do you, who do you like in the basketballs this year? Well, dude, we're warrior country. Thank you. Who are you thanking? Every, you're the best. Thank you. Even though I want to know she didn't thank me. she know who I am or she me. think we're Tough Mudder? Like, I really don't know what that I was. Well, dude, honestly, you see anyone talking with microphones, you're like, that's super important. Right. Like, we could be anybody, and she's like, I'm on something but like, serious But, like, right I now. like when people recognize me. That makes me feel good. So yeah. I'm hoping it was me, but it could have been anything. Been right, anything. yeah. But what, what's your take, Michelle? I think she thinks you guys are famous. That's what it is. Mostly this guy. Okay. He looks like he's interviewing me like he does. I want to track lifting. that woman down because she's not a usual fan. It's How 2019. You can't say things like that anymore. How old do you think she was? Ballpark. Oh, you never ask a woman. What I know. Is. I on. know. So I'm asking you what um, her age was. I don't know. Mid 40s? Late 40s? She just said mid 40s to a woman who is clearly like 15 years older than me. Easy. I'm being nice. 
And Matt's like 56? Easily. Easy, 50, yeah, something Here's like that. Here's the thing. You're not asking a woman how old she is until a certain point, and then she's like proud. Like, I'm out here. I'm 72 years old. Dude, I never thought about that, but that is so true. Where right. it's like, yeah, once you get a, you're like, yeah, put it on a shirt. This is how old I am doing this. Hey, everybody. Hey. You guys are looking good. How, uh, how was it? It was great. Thanks. He did not. No. Nope. Thank you. He was not into you at all. Nope. Anyway. How was it? It's amazing. Nobody heard anything those people said. I feel like I feel it's like that okay. didn't come on. No one wanted anything to do with us just then. We right. were we went from like, oh my god, thank you guys, to mm, please don't put me on whatever you're doing. So you're so you're doing according to what she says. Hang on, here comes somebody that knows you. Hey, Hi. what's up, Monica? How are you doing? Doing wonderful. Where's your other half? We were yeah, that's the thing. He has about, two now. Yeah. He has two other halves. Yeah, this one. There's, there's the Michelle hey, tell, other half. I, I had the most important half. Tell, tell everybody who you are. I'm Monica Pena. Do I do mine too? From? From Alameda, California. You don't need to. I, Dude, I'm liking it though. I was the guest uh, host for Pissing Cox Christmas episode. That's true. The one where they got hammered. drunk for five hours? Yeah. Yes, I helped them do that. Thousands of. She got us loaded. Yes, that was, was my job. Wonderful. What about this guy? This is my son Max. This was his first we just touched. Things. We did. We touched him. So it was good. He just did his first tough mutter. Can I get Max on on the microphone? You think he'll talk? Max, how old are you, buddy? I'm 15. How did it go? Went amazing. Do you have a driver's license yet? No. <laughs> Do you play Fortnite? That's a yes. That's a for sure yes. But that's okay, dude. Yeah, I won't hate on you. <laughs> only I don't, sometimes. I only sometimes. Yeah, dude. Are you saying that because your mom's here? I don't know any oh, of no. this shit. Well, oh, dude. Dude, you're tearing it up with this interview. See, things are going crazy. I don't know any of the games. I don't what, know uh, what what level are you on Fortnite? I'm like on level 10. Like I don't play that much. Oh, you really don't play that much. Do you have another game that you like? Do you play games at all? I, I yeah. just guessed. I went with the stereotype <laughs> guess. My son's 11 and plays Fortnite like 24 seven. So that's why I just. What guess. level are you, Matt? I, I'm. I don't. Did even you know. don't even have a character that you like play with your kids sometimes? No, my ki- no. No, they won't let I play you. It, dude, I play in the. What's the level where you can't really die? That's the oh. where I play. I play that one. I've never played it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, but honestly, you had a great experience. Yeah, no, it was amazing. Um, I mean, I just tore my ACL like almost a year ago, and I came out and did this, and it was amazing. Yeah. How did you break your ACL? I was playing ice hockey, and my teammate fell on me, and it bent my leg in a weird way. And Clearly. I, all right, like, not good. Yeah. All right, now explain this to me. We're in Southern California, and you play ice hockey. Yes. How is ice hockey popular in Southern California? Tell him to go me. back to Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. yeah just, take that, Matt. No. You jerk. I mean, I picked up hockey when I was maybe eight, and then I just started playing from there, and I haven't quit. What was your favorite obstacle today? Ooh. Arctic Enema, ice hockey, <laughs> KO. What are we? No. Okay. I don't, I'm not asking you anything right now. I'm color commentary. <laughs> Uh, probably my favorite obstacle was, um, shoot, I don't even know the name. But what, what did you do yeah, in it? You don't have to know the name. What were you doing in it? Well, we were climbing stuff, and then I fell in the water, and that was nice. Yeah. It's a funky monkey? Yeah, that one, that one. Did you, was there anything you disliked? Um, probably all the hill running. Yes, that is the right answer. <laughs> that is the right answer. Okay, let's quickly talk to Monica, then we'll let you go. Monica. Tough Mudder had a couple of falls last year, a couple of missteps. 
What do you think about this first race this year? I think they came out and, and they scored, they struck gold. Preach. I think, you know, Golden State, Golden Course, they rocked it. Festival okay. was nice. Everybody was up there dancing, free beer, free t-shirts. What's, what's not to like about that? All right, well, good job. Good talking to you. And we're from the Bay Area, so yeah, great Golden State, State reference, you know what I mean? And she knew what she was doing right there. Who's, your favorite, who's your favorite warrior? Uh, Steph. Who's your favorite warrior? Uh, Steph as well. Who's your favorite warrior? Let's break the mold. Come on, dude. We'll go with, uh, we'll go with, who's Wait. the, no, but, I'm going to go with Bogut. Steph. We'll go with the Australian. Andrew Bogut? Yeah, just because they brought him back, and that's neat. He's like 100. But he's still he's still killing it, okay? He's still doing great, and he will was the war- destroying it. Will the Warriors back. win the championship this year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, you guys got to get out of here. That's I'll it. Bet, I'll bet you a dollar. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're on the same side, yeah. Yeah, okay, we'll bet. We both lose if we make that bet, I think. All right, I need yeah. to get some sunscreen on. We're starting to melt out here. Yeah. Josh, how many episodes of the Pissing Cox show... Yeah. Oh, no. wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. But see you tomorrow. Why are people inviting? Where's dinner? What's going on? How, how many minutes? We weren't telling Matt. How many minutes is that from here? How many minutes is that from here? I'm being serious. How many minutes is Fontana from here? Okay, I'll oh, yeah, I'm, I might go. Okay. I might go. You might see Matt. <laughs> how many, how many episodes of the show do you think we'll see this year? Well, so here's the thing is I really like the new shorter format Love that it. we do. Love it, the new shorter yeah, format. Yeah, high five on that. Yeah, well, that's what's up. And so what makes uh, doing that shorter format extra nice is that I can put more out. And they're less intimidating to put together amongst all my other stuff. So long story short, what we're hoping for is at least two to four uh, a month of that new shorter format. Okay. Yeah. So we got lots of good footage uh, today. We're doing. In fact, you should get footage of uh, me yes. doing this. So you can say I was interviewed by yeah. one Matthew B. Davis, and then like my logo or my face will come in. By the way, I'm just an, I'm like anyone like anyone. I want to hear my name on that show. They name a lot of people. Anytime I hear my name, I get excited. Dude, but I talked about how much I loved your uh, your thing with Eli and how you were less of a dick on that. Oh. Remember? <laughs> we mentioned you specifically hard. It was I know, but, I'm, but I'm saying that's what that's what's like good. Like like people are always like, oh, I wonder if I get mentioned. Yeah, you, you guys you're getting okay. visually. Well, one thing. Well, this mentioned. this you should just play not the audio over you should play oh i was interviewed by matt and then they'll show this clip yeah but we need what, to look candid here's Rutabaga. what you should here's rutabaga. rutabaga here's what you should no no you'll be you'll be talking over it. you and carlo will be talking over this oh that's right yeah. but here's what you do need to bring back bring back new people and misprincedizing names bring that back well we actually carl that's the one other thing that carlo and i talked about really seriously and sincerely wanting to do because it's super fun and it's just mentioning a bunch of people and saying their name wrong and offending half of them. <laughs> dude, that's, right. that's the one that we've gotten the most complaints about. Out of everything else, dude, yeah. People are sensitive about their names, and that's understandable. But it gives them a chance to correct you. Right, and I it's like to It's Duggan, think, not Dugan, or vice versa. Right. Which one is it? And, well, I, wait, there's... Melissa. There's Duggan, Duggan. Oh, it's Dugan, right? But I don't know anymore now because you're making me think too hard about it. Right. Uh, no. See, what's funny is that I'd like to think that Carlo and I kind of speak for ourselves. Like, you know what you're going to get if you watch two minutes of us, but people still get offended by it. We're sorry in advance. We're going to offend more people soon. It's going to happen. Sorry. These people are at mile three. I'm, I'm feeling really bad for them. Like you oh. were saying, like she was saying earlier, it's really hot. They're at mile three, but maybe they're doing the 5K. And the hills get worse. But maybe they just get worse. Maybe they're doing the 5K though. 
That's true. All right, I'm starting to sweat. I'm yeah. going to get out of the sun. Let's take a photo. I like it. Good talking to you, dude. Great talking. All right, so tell me your name. My name is Jared DiPolo. And he's from Barnana, ladies and gentlemen. There we go. But, but I do not want to ask you about this music stuff, because that's interesting. Right, Can we talk about that talk for a minute? About it. Yeah, let's talk about it. How does one get into the scoring business? Well, I just think you have to always prepare yourself for what's to come. So while we were in high school, while everyone was out just doing their thing, my brother and I were just learning programs, learning about compression, reverb, learning different DAWs, studying orchestration. Could you speak like to a normal person? Like My whole audience just tuned out. <laughs> Uh, I guess just just if you have a passion for something, go after it with all your heart and just know that if something's going to come your way and you have an opp opportunity to move in that direction and just but, take it. And but, here, but, but here's the thing. A lot of guys, can we step out of the sun? Sure. A lot of guys, they want to be rock stars. They want to be actors. Even like even like a, an editor or a grip or just something more. Like <laughs> Most people don't want to go into that. I'm saying so like you guys just thought if we learn this stuff now, we can have this skill that people need down the line. Well, it's interesting, man. Um, you gotta like, you just gotta follow your heart, man. And I feel like things line up that the, you know, I, I believe in destiny. And I feel like once you start following on along the lines of what you should be doing and what, where your heart's at and where you feel like you want to draw people, and where you can impact the most people, I feel like the opportunities will come your way. And so I'm saying that if you have something in your heart that you want to do, prepare yourself. Don't get discouraged. Move forward. Uh, be confident in yourself. Learn what you need to learn. And uh, take the necessary steps to um, get into the avenues and um, pathways that you want to get into. And then um, hopefully you have one chance, an opportunity, and you start making connections. And then from that you start to build off and uh, start to move into your direction. And that's what happened to you. Yes. Yeah. You still haven't said why, why film score, though. You still haven't said why. Well, it's specifically, I mean, I just love music. So my brother and I absolutely love music. We have a heart for it. We just pour our heart into it. And film's just another avenue of being able to express your emotion and pour just uh, emotion into it, really. So whether it's, you know, love, joy, all of those things, we just love to go after it. And, um, you know, films, films are great. We also love to write for, uh, like, our own music that has nothing to do with any film. So film's just kind of another way to express yourself. And, you know, it needs music. But ultimately, you don't even need a film to be able to write music. What is the last movie you saw that the score just blew you freaking away? Oh, man, it's been a long time, to be honest. I can't even think of the last time I saw one where I was like, wow, that was really, really good. And it's kind of sad. <laughs> so, so are we talking <laughs> 70s, talking. 80s? What, 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 do, what do you like? Oh, what are your, what's, what's your Mount Rushmore? Oh, jeez. It's a question that I should have an answer to. It's okay if you don't. We can take a moment now. Yeah, I'm trying to think, man. Man. Well, we you know, I got to say, Lord of the Rings, Howard Shore really connected with that story. And as soon as I heard, like, saw the first scene and started to hear the theme, uh, I was like, wow. It's I was already hooked. I was already hooked. Can I tell you, though, that, that I sat through all those freaking things, and I promised myself I wouldn't. After the first one, I was like, okay, three hours. Like, way too fucking long. Seriously? Yes. Second one. What's the one where they're just walking through the trees for like an hour and a half? Which one is that? I, know, I think that's Two Towers. And I was like, <laughs> and we still have an hour to go? Can't do it. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, Howard Shore, he nailed that score, and uh, that one sticks out to me for sure. But, I mean, obviously anything John Williams puts his heart to is, is, is gold as well. i got to say that. I love Johnny. What about Elfman? What about good old Danny Elfman? Elfman's good. Uh... He got me with some of his stuff from Edward Scissorhands. He got me with his Spider-Man theme. 
Now you realize I'm old enough to have seen Edward Scissorhands in the theater. Oh wow! Oh yeah! I mean, I wasn't. Gonna, I know. I don't. I don't. I wasn't going to put that on you. You know what I mean? I, like, I'm well, not but gonna... you knew all the names. You were. You were. You were a student of the game, which I appreciate. <laughs> but I'm like old enough that I know these guys. Yeah. Okay. Right? Yeah. Did you see Batman in theaters? Oh yeah. Yeah. 1989. I was 17 years old. So he was. He was from uh, Oingo Boingo, right? Of course. Yeah. And then they were like, the guy was like, who, who was the director that saw him? Burton? Well, Burton, yeah. Yeah, he's like, oh, I want this guy to score my movie. And then he... He just did it. Yeah. And then he scores all of his movies. <laughs> Dude, so how about that? Burton was how the... About, how about that getting into film scoring? Like, but, how about that transition? But, but Burton was the Burton was the man for a while. Because we had Batman, then we had Scissorhands, and then we had the, the Nightmare Before Christmas. He was killing it. He was killing it. But I haven't... I can't tell you the last time I've seen a Burton film. I was like, wow, it was really good. Well, Hollywood, you know, it has its... It has ups and downs, you know? Right. So, all right, I guess we should talk about these guys. <laughs> For the record, ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to talk to this man about the about Barnana, which is delicious. I've been chewing it in your ear, which is very rude, but then we started talking film score, and we got very excited. So now you get to do your pitch about Barnana. Awesome. So we got Barnana. They are dehydrated banana snacks. We're based out of Santa Monica, and the whole concept came from our founder, Cowway. His dad was dehydrating bananas in Brazil, uh, southern Brazil. And so what he noticed was that they were wasting a lot of the bananas at the farms. So he's like, how can we use these and bring it to the States because there's so much waste? I believe farms throw away about 20% of their yield. So we took that concept, we took the chewy bananas. What's an upcycle? What's an upcycle? That's exactly what I'm talking about here. Just give me a second and I'll explain myself. I interrupted Jumping him. the gun here. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's technically upcycled when you take something that can't is not normally going to be used, as in it's too ripe or it's, it doesn't get shipped in time or it doesn't look good enough. And we take those and we make snacks out of them. It's called upcycling. So that's what we do with bananas. And so we make, you know, but we take the banana, we uh, add coconut to it, we cover it in dark chocolate, peanut butter. Everything's gluten-free, dairy-free, all organic. We worked with the farms there to make sure they're organic. I just had a thought. If you're an apple farmer, right? Yeah. Pick a bunch of apples. You put them in the grocery store. They sell whatever. You're in the banana business. You're on a fucking time crunch. Oh, yeah. So they got to get to the thing and then to the store in time so that Oh yeah. now I bring it home and it's good that day or the next day. Yeah. I mean, that's that's like, oh. a, that's like a thing. It's way hard to be in the banana business. I just realized how hard it would be. Yeah, so our COO, Matt Clifford, did a talk, uh, TED Talk about more specifically the logistics and the whole banana business. And if you wanna, if you're interested in more in-depth analysis of that, definitely go check that out. Okay, so they're coming from the jungle, right? Where are they grown? Brazil, Ecuador, Brazil, you know, South America. So how are they gonna get here in time to be right? Dude, I don't, I don't have these answers. Because they're super green, and then there's, and then there's a day where like it's just a little too green, but you can still eat I it. I think it's just a timing thing. Now you're, like, now you're out of my league. This is a little too in-depth. You're for me. all about music and nanners. I I'm mean, a, and, and, <laughs> and nano fuel. But you, but you don't know about. No, I'm saying that's a tricky business to be in. Oh, it is. And it then is. what if a truck is late? You're fucked. Oh, for sure. I mean, so like the guys kind of figured it out. You know what works best, and so you know I think we dehydrated the source as well. Right. So, you know, we're not shipping the actual banana. We're dehydrating at the farms, and then we're shipping that. Has anybody told you you got kind of a Tom Cruise teeth going on? Is that, is that a bad or good thing? <laughs> well, I think Tom Cruise people think it's handsome, so you kind of have that. I got, I got, so I look like Top Gun right now. You're very Top Gun. I'm Do you know they're Gun. making the sequel to Top Gun? Are they? Also. Is Tom Cruise going to be in it? Also in the theater, Top Gun. Wow. Dude, I got to. That's legit. <laughs> you want to hear a real thing? Okay. Do some real talk? Do some real talk? Here we go. I don't know if this is appropriate or not. 
the first time I like made out with a girl like in a movie was was that movie. It wasn't the first girl I kissed dude, I, ever. Dude, I, I gotta say though, like, how are you not like focused on like just the gorgeousness of like Val Kimmer? You know what I mean? Like, what? I mean, mesmerizing. The, the beach, the beach volleyball scene, Maverick, amazing. Iceman, I mean, Iceman. I would have been like, listen, like, you're looking great, but I mean, look at these guys on the screen. You know what I'm saying? They were amazing. Here's the deal. I literally, we made out so long because when you're in eighth grade, you just or seventh grade, like, you think it's never gonna happen again. So I'm just like going to town, right? Slobber everywhere. I had to go back and see the movie again with my friend like a week later because I just missed most of it. You had no idea what was going on. No. So you were like, you so you started talking about Terminator, and you, you know, you're like, yeah. So this guy, you know, huge muscles, and he comes back, come, comes from the future, and they're like, no, that wasn't even the movie. Like, exactly. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that was Terminator. I did, not, I did, I did not see Terminator One in the theater. Okay. A little, little too old. But okay, I did okay. see Terminator Two in the theater, okay. and that's a fucking movie. Okay. And your, how long you been at the comedy store, and your role there? My current role. Yes. Lee Lamsonquay. Currently a waitress, have been everything else, including janitor and Mitzi's assistant, and um, driver, drug mule, all those things. Okay, um, great. Yeah. Uh, and what else was it? 18 and a half years. Sorry. Okay. Uh, Eleanor Kerrigan. Just got a little closer. Eleanor Kerrigan, who can barely speak right now. <laughs> this is my first tough mutter. I started waiting at tables at the comedy store in 1993. Worked there for 12 years, left for a year, came back as a comic for the last 12. Okay. All right. It's 24 years in case she, you weren't she's not gonna talk. paying attention. Oh, okay. Jen's going to talk. She'll say, I'll make her talk. Okay. You better say something. I'm a comic and I host the Comedy Store Podcast. How long has that been? How long has that been going on? Comedy Store Podcast? Yeah. Two and a half years. Okay. Yeah. All and right. I was a waitress for 12 years. So. Okay. A lot of hats. I'm Jen Kane. I've done all of the jobs also. Uh, I do all the jobs. Not Mitzi's assistant, though, because I was afraid of her. And every time I ever saw her, I ran away in the other direction and never wanted to be caught as the last person in the room because that's who got fired. Eighteen and a half years with Lee. Lee and I started three months apart, and we've been best friends ever since. My favorite waitresses. Really? Don't tell anybody else. They worked under me. Right. I made them move up here from La Jolla. Comedy All right. Store. I'm, I'm going to ask you a real question. You just have to give me the gut response. Okay. You can't think about it. Is the comedy store haunted? Absolutely. Yes. 100. percent 100. Yeah. Okay. I love that. There's no doubt whatsoever. No so, doubt. So I didn't want to get into this till we were till we were actually on the mic. But I did stand up from '96 to '05. Oh boy. I moved to Los Angeles in '99. I don't even think. I mean, I know I did the store a few times, but I never even got the Mitzi tryout because I was also afraid of Mitzi. And I thought... We all I would, are. I, we I, still are. She's well, been I was kind of an idiot because I thought... It's a year. She's gone two I days should, from now. Yeah. Is it, has it been a year? It'll be a year. Well, I think looking back, I should have just tried to do everything, but I think I was like, well, I'm just going to try to be like an improv guy and maybe that'll be my route rather than just going wherever would put me up, which I think is probably the better move. Yeah, whoever likes you, you should. Whoever gets behind you is where you should perform. Right, but I also, but I've told people this before, that I was kind of an idiot because I started in Boston. Great place to start. Best place. A connection in Boston. I waited tables when I was in college. Where? What years? Ninety-seven to two thousand. Dude. Right. Dude, we were there at the same goddamn time. No fucking way. I'm sorry, I keep swearing. It's okay. Comedy store. Too bad. We got to talk about the Boston Comedy Connection for a minute, though. Go suck. Frank, Frankie Ahern, God rest his soul, was right? my boss. Yeah. Dana Parker is still one of my best friends. I'm going back to Boston at the end of the month. Is she the one, 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 one Dana? Uh, she's from Baltimore. She's a teeny little blonde. Women no, but, who's, but, who, but who owned the, who ran the Rhode Island one? Wasn't that a Dana? Oh, 
Oh, she probably did at the time. Yeah. Okay. Anyhow, so that's where I started. And then, like, you know, like, you do it a couple, three years. You, like, get to, you get paid a few gigs and, like, you think you're half decent. So I moved to L.A. And then I was, like, I try to explain this to people, like, you know, when you're in when you're in Boston or Seattle or any of these like comedy scenes, it's kind of like you and the comics against the world, oh, right? Of course. Like, because there's only like 200 of you, and and then you get to LA, and I try to explain this to people. I am fighting for the same stage as a girl in acting class and Joe Rogan, yeah. or at the time it was and uh, what the fuck's his name? You know, yeah. whoever, right? Oh, yeah. Whoever the hugest comic in the world is, and and so I was not ready for that. Probably Rogan in 99 also. Right, or, or yeah. it was actually Drew Carey, I remember, specifically like Drew Carey punked me at the improv and I was like, That's okay, this is insane. Yeah, not the comedy <laughs> Exactly. And, but also, like, I thought like I was above it all. Like, I had done all the right things when I was in a, when I was in Boston. Like, like That's your first mistake. <laughs> when I say all the right never things. Never above it. No, exactly. Yeah. Like, like, I was out two or three times, a, like a night, right? And I like... Whatever, and then I got here, and they're like, "Hey, you want to do this coffee shop?" I'm like, "Fucking coffee shop, right?" Deli? And I yeah. was like, "Killer!" So I just wasn't it's a good gig. If I had to do it over again, I would have worked much harder. That's that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But listen, you get a free tea, and they <laughs> blend a macchiato while you're trying to tell your joke. But listen, seriously, whatever that word is. Listen, everything happens the way it's supposed to happen. Everything happens the way it's supposed to happen, and lo, these many years later, I found whatever I was supposed to do doing this. So it's like, That's right? That's awesome. Right? Yeah. And I don't, like... You're probably a lot happier. That, that, that... You still have a mic in your hand. Right? Exactly. Thank you, Jen. Let them know. <laughs> so, wait a minute. Don't point. You waitress for how long? 12 years. I was also Mitzi's assistant for five. Because usually it happens like somebody might waitress a couple years and then they're like, "Oh, you should get on stage." I have and a lot of you can't get out of the fucking comedy store. It's the Hotel California. But why do you think that is? Why is it haunted? Why is it the Hotel California? What is it about? Can't get out. It's a, it's a it's a backwards ass family. I don't know. It's really like I literally have another full time job and I still cannot quit the job. Like I I love it and I hate it and I love it and I hate it, but I can't leave. It's a cult. <laughs> and so so all the little like They got us. They got the, our souls. And so like all the little like lost soul comics that find their way that that's they find yeah. their way to the Hotel California. It's though. like the tough mutter, man. There was some points where I didn't think I was gonna make it, but hey man, just kept going. Yeah. So what made you guys wanna even do this today? Uh, I'm not real smart. I know that. <laughs> and I signed up last night at midnight. He did. <laughs> one of the ser- one of the other servers had a, a this bright idea to do a team building exercise, right? Which is how this all started. And right. then we all signed up because we were like, "Yeah, it'll be fun." And then we regretted it immediately. And and I regretted it up until the point we were halfway through. And then I was like, "Okay, this is actually really fun." And now I'm really happy we did it. I mean, it's ridiculously fun. The whole thing is really amazing it's like I have two kids and this is what they do and I'm so glad to be able to do what kids do and do it as an adult with all my family and friends from the comedy store because they're really right can I give you guys a tip for next time you don't you don't wear the cotton shirts that you work in cotton weighs you down when it gets wet you want to wear this just that but just that for the the team I know so you right but so you make or buy a shirt it's cheap you guys can afford, whoever's in charge can I don't afford. Know no, 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 no. They'll never pay for it. We're not smart with our money either. This you can go online and get them for like, our favorite and like seven bucks a piece. This is Punky. She's the Punky Johnson. 
That's my girl. She's a comic. We're just talking. What's him? I love talking. What are we talking about? We're just talking about. What's your name? I'm Punky Johnson. P-U-N-K-I-E, like Punky Brewster, but Johnson. I'm trying to be professional. I think, I think. What do you do? I am a stand-up comedian slash bartender slash comedian slash husband, wife, um, slash when is uh, your, uh, bill pair. When is your Netflix special coming out? Pretty soon. Very soon. I, Very soon. I asked her and she grabbed the microphone because for me. Because she knows what's going on. <laughs> she's my pimp. That's your that's your pimp. Eleanor's my pimp. I pay her. Okay, why stage. why are you wearing a hoodie when it is a thousand degrees? Because I have very 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 long long hair, and uh, I had to protect it in this mud. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I feel good. I'm wet, so it's good. I'm well, she, about to rinse this off right now. Oh, sorry. Oh, Two of those things in my face. Here. You guys are crazy. What is your tell everybody? Tell everybody, where, tell everybody where to find you on social media. Yo, find me at Punky, P-U-N-K-I-E Johnson, J-O-H-N-S-O-N. Just find me. I'm there. And what about Eleanor Kerrigan. Eleanor J. Kerrigan. E.J. Kerrigan. You know I stink at social media. And then Comedy Store. Comedy Store podcast, always. Uh, Who, what, what episodes are coming up on the Comedy Store podcast that we can look forward to? Uh, we just had Blake Clark on. We have uh, April Macy coming up. We had Jamar Neighbors out. Uh, Blake Clark, he's been around forever. Yeah, he's terrific. It was a great interview. It's only comedy store people we interview. Only comedy so store you people. you got to be a regular to get on it. To even get on. Oh, you want to tell you something? Uh, you know that that young man, Nick Youssef? Yeah. He Nick just, Nick started, he was, I had a I had an open mic at uh, the Hollywood Billiards right off the freeway. It's gone where, now, yeah. by the way. Yeah. I'm very disappointed. I was just there. Nick was my door guy there, and then I've watched him blossom. He just moved to New York. I know. What a what a little superstar. All right, let me get a photo of you guys. Thank you so much for talking to me. Yesterday, we met just because you were the first place person. And I was like, oh, I wonder who the first place person is. And you're like, I'm a ninja, yo. Yo, yes. First place female. That felt, right? that felt really great. And you, you know what you win? Uh, what did I win? Yeah. I got uh, a shiny gold medal. Pat on the back. And a pat on the back. Right. And uh, hugs and burgers. And, you got uh, burgers? I got myself a burger. Oh, okay. <laughs> and some finger. All right. So tell about your first name again. Pamela Price. Okay. And this is your first season on American Ninja Warrior? This is my first one. Yeah. I was one of the only athletes whose first season it was. A lot of them are returning. Right. Yeah. So Had was, you tried a bunch, Had you tried in like previous years? I hadn't. No. I was scouted in October. Uh, you know, I was primarily an OCR athlete, which is, I believe, very different from the ninja world. Right. Um, requires different skills. And I was scouted by a producer and uh, and she said, I think you run the course great. Right. You know, give, give me a good tape. And then I got the call on Valentine's Day. All right, you got to talk a little bit closer. Oh, okay, got it. Here. And why are you baby ninja? You know, I've always been known as a as a as a small dancer, sort of I'm standing at 5-1. There are some ninjas that are smaller than me, but I took baby ninja uh, just cuz I'm a small person. And I like to attack big things. <laughs> climb big walls and, and I, scale And them. I like to attack big things. <laughs> Scaffolds. So what do you do like in the world? In the world, I am a journalist, an entertainment and lifestyle journalist, yeah, and an award show producer. Okay. So Have I, you produced uh, the BET Awards? I have not. I <laughs> produced an award show called the Hollywood Beauty Awards, which is like the Oscars of beauty. The opposite of mud. Right. It's makeup. The people that do like Jennifer Lopez and Kim Kardashian and right. then like the film world as well. Right. Yeah. 
And what is it called again? It's called the Hollywood Beauty Awards. And you produce them. I produce them, the executive producer, yes. So how does so how did you work your way up the ranks of the world to uh, to become executive producer of a big You know, our news site um, produces it. So it's called LATF USA and and we uh, our CEO started it. She worked a lot of I feel like I've seen a couple whatnot. of things from them. You probably have. Like a lot of stars what? come out, like Samuel L. Jackson and no, Johnny Depp. No, I mean Depp about the obstacle stuff. Oh, is yeah. that you or is that somebody else? With the, uh, like writing about it. Yeah, like yeah. like somebody did the Rugged Maniac or whatever. Uh, no, like I I'll do like a lot of fitness stories on LATF USA, but mostly like top gear to wear or run in. Do you have any idea who I am, by the way? Yes. Before I say, said you yesterday. Yes. Though. Yes. I think I you're lying. No. No. I do. I, I know because I follow you guys. Obstacle <laughs> course racing. Very different from the other. Right. Which you call. Which I think we you, won't say. We can say. They're no. horrible. We can say. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's fine. Listen. It's they, you, whatever. No, right? You know what? I run with a I run with a pro race team called Hardcore Performance and Georges Theodore, who came in third place yes. uh, yesterday was like Jordy go go shout yeah sh- wa- watch Jordy go 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 yeah right speedy he was like he's like say hi to Matt for me because oh see obstacle <laughs> racing media is the ORM I know obstacle racing media not to be confused with whatever listen yeah. whatever right what? tangents what do you <laughs> so other than like conquering like Mount Midoriyama or whatever it's called like so what else do you want to do do you just want to continue to produce big shows like what do you want to do in the world uh you know I feel like obstacle horse racing is definitely my biggest passion I am also a dance teacher I'm a trained uh my, my background in, in athletics is cross-country running and dancing so I was I was a ballerina for a very long time okay um and I still teach uh hip-hop and you know, do some breaking and, and contemporary. How much Fortnite do you keep up with to make sure you can know the latest and greatest moves? Uh, because my nine-year-old son will crush. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just watch all the local break dancers or, who are breaking all the time. Right. Learn what they're doing and then sort of combine, do point ballet to hip-hop music. Do you, but do you know, like, those moves? Do you know, like, the Orange Julius and all that stuff? No, that's for the kids. But, I'm too old. But, but then, <laughs> then I see people doing them, like, out here. I'm like, really? That's a, that's a Fortnite dance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're doing the, 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 uh, what is She's the doing the floss right now. I'm doing the floss. The floss <laughs> came a few years ago, actually. Wow. But but the the Arns Julius and the uh, do you play Fortnite, Heather? Do you know the, do you know the Fortnite dances? I'm slightly. I've heard of it. I know the pop culture reference, but I've never actually. Heather See? just was had a very white girl moment just then. She was she was trying to answer <laughs> distinctly. Do you dance at all? You dance, right? You go out. You cut up a rug, right? Yeah. Should we I love dancing. I'll like awkwardly dance in place all the time. <laughs> like people literally ask me, they're like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Scale of one to ten, how is your dancing ability?" I'd say about six. Okay, I wow. can bring you to a nine. Wow! I can bring you Could to you a nine. Could you bring me to yes. a nine? Though? I can bring you eleven you point five. You cannot bring me to a nine. I'm really. I'm I will transform. <laughs> you don't, but you probably get people who actually do like know how to. Like I'm guessing, right? Well, yeah. I mean, a lot of my students are like, you know, they're they're some of them are advanced, some of them are intermediate. But you know, I like to get them to really know the choreography, and then I'll change the song up on them. Oh, okay. The it's all I about. Think, the I think maybe when I get a little bit older, maybe I'll like take a class or something. You know, you like think like, oh, maybe eventually I'll learn Spanish. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of like that. Why don't you just do that now? Learn Spanish. <laughs> Learn Spanish and dance salsa at the same time. Do you speak multiple languages? Uh, je parle français un peu, mais c'est tout. All right, that's I French. I used to live in Paris. Okay. Uh, and I was writing for for a site there, a cultural site. Uh, I lived there for about six months and went back, and then uh, and that's about it. You don't want to hear my Spanish accent because okay. it's pretty bad. Yeah. But aren't you like? 
Asian background? Or <laughs> I'm background? half. I'm Hapa. I'm half Filipino, half I can tell. white Jewish girl. I can tell. <laughs> white and Jewish? White and Jewish. Do you know that I'm a white Jewish person? There you go. Right? We're high-fiving right now, guys. No wonder, you can't see No it. wonder we had a special bond there. <laughs> That's so funny. But I don't know any Filipino Jews. Like, that's the first one. That's you know, the first one. Yeah, I mean, you can meet some Chinese, half Chinese. Uh, I mean, we're taking over the world, these these half Jews, half Jews, half Asians. Right. <laughs> but, it, but it must be interesting for you because most people that, like, do ninja, like, don't have any idea what goes on on the other side of the camera. Right. So when you were, like, at the when you were at the, the qualifiers, are you, like, is it hard for you to, like, like checking out everything going on and the production and all that stuff? You know, it's... You can, right when you get there, you sense all of the energy because the lights and the big set is there. And you essentially, you know, see what's happening. And then in the time that you're waiting, which could be eight hours in this right. case in, in the rain, right. um, you know, people are running the course. So you're watching it over and over again. And, right. you know, you're either going to keep your energy up or you're going to be like, oh, shit. <laughs> beep. Don't we don't. We don't. We don't really beep. Okay. Here. Oh well. You can. You can curse on. You can, yeah. <laughs> you can, if you listen to my show, I curse. My kids curse. It's a very. It's a very cursing show. Okay. Well. Uh, no. I won't. I won't. I, I was gonna like go through all the curse words, but right. then I was like, that's horrible. Right. But I'm saying like, are, but like when you like when I come to an event, it's hard yeah. for me to not see like what's wrong. Right. Just because I've like that's how I kind of. I'm saying, do you do that at all, or can you just go into participant mode? I think I can go into participant mode. I think, you know, as as my dance my dance training and as a dancer is, has helped a lot in my athletic career is sort of just getting in the zone and being just like, I call it tunnel vision, right. which actually Kevin Bull, I believe, has and some of the best ninjas, you know, even Scott Wilson have tunnel vision, and they're just going through. Uh, and and they're not going to worry about what's going on behind the scenes and right. everything. You know, it's your it's your own it's your own race, and it's your own course. Heather is awkwardly day. dancing next to us. She's she's she just bumped up to a seven point five. This is going to be so fun to listen to. <laughs> this is going to be so fun to listen to when I'm listening, and I'll remember that that you were dancing. I can't hear you when you're not talking to the microphone. She's, she's going up to a nine nine with her dancing. I randomly dance. I just sort of like I feel the beat and I start moving, and then I do it like subconsciously. I don't notice till people are like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "Oh, oops." What is what is on your playlist right now? My playlist right now, uh, a song called "Easy" by someone I don't remember, but I have had it on repeat like the whole drive up. I'm just like, it's "Yeah." Really good. Easy by who? Oh, you don't know what it's by, but what is it? How does it go? It's a, is it fast? Is it slow? It's fast, but it's got kind of like a a little bit of like an island beat with a heavy bass. Like a groove. And it, yeah, it's got a groove. Like a beach groove. I call that yeah, a this beach is also groove. part of my show where I'm interviewing you and then all of a sudden we're talking yeah, to somebody else for five minutes. That sounds great. <laughs> it upsets certain people. Follow us at tangent.com. Exactly. All right, well, listen. We will now follow you for sure. I will great. totally root for you. Thank you. Uh, when your show comes on, whenever it comes on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. May. May is the premiere of American... Ninja Warrior Season 11. American Ninja Warrior. When they call you, they go, are you sitting down? You are an American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> All right. It doesn't matter where you fell or if you ever did. You're still a ninja. <laughs> Who says that? I did. Oh. <laughs> That's not a matter Akbarism. You just made that up? Yeah. Is that going to be your thing? I think so. Is that so. going to be your platform? Yeah. Then my platform is going to be like, Paul or not, you're still a ninja. <laughs> Can you describe where we are to the people? Oh, I thought we were going to do with one of those describe yourself in three words. No, things. it's not that. Just describe where we are. We are sitting in a shed mm -hmm. in San Bernardino mm -hmm. at Glen Helen Raceway on Sunday afternoon of the 2019 Tough Mudder season launch. I thought this was Loma Linda. 
Oh, I think Loma Linda is where the hotel is. We're actually in Glen Helen Raceway, which may be in the middle of nowhere, but San Bernardino somewhere. And why does one pick this location, say, over other NorCal or SoCal locations? I'll say over NorCal locations, we pick this one because it's in Southern California. Because it's actually in Southern California. Yeah, yeah, that's a good starting point. Right. This venue's great. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the uh, the hills outside the back. I ran! Yeah? Those hills. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm in pain. Yeah? Yesterday I was in pain. Good pain? No, yeah, definitely the good pain. And as I was saying to someone earlier, typically, because I'm such a snob, if you're in the post-race meal, if you go to the Waffle House or whatever the nearby thing is, and you see all the new people, it's their first stuff mutter, and they're waddling with their legs really far apart, like, oh, that's a first-timer. So that's what I looked like yesterday. Nice. Because I am not in shape. So we brought you back to your roots. You brought, you did, honestly, in many ways, which we'll get to. Um, but yeah, so people said 2,000. My Garmin said, or the Strava that got 1,600, but I don't know, what, is, what does Nolan say? Because Nolan's right. Yeah, I think we were in the 2,000 ballpark, yeah, total elevation up and down, up and down. It's quite a bit. Right? Yeah. It, you, um, you walked 200 of it today. <laughs> we walked straight up the back road to get all the way up to uh, Spread Eagle and Hydrophobia up there. So it's a nice little Sunday stroll. Right? Yeah. And you made a friend, maybe? Picked up a few along the way. Well, that's you... What, that's you what Tough Mudder's all about, right, you said, <laughs> you said you hit Control-Alt-Delete on this year. And I would say Are that's... you stealing my joke? No, you said <laughs> you hit, that you hit Control-Alt-Delete on this season. And, I mean, I think that's kind of what happened. Well, look, if you look at the cycle of Tough Mudder, we do a reboot or a refresh every four to five years. Right. And it was time, you know, long overdue. And certainly some of the challenges we'd had last year in delivering a decent customer experience, you know, we heard the feedback and we wanted to get back and get back to the things that made Tough Mudder great. Solid obstacles, great course experience, delivering on the easy stuff. You know, one of the big things that I don't think a lot of people notice is that this weekend from a nuts and bolts experience, no lines at registration smooth backdrop parking was easy i don't know if you saw the shower experience but you know the the rinse stations are an incredible upgrade you're not standing in mud to rinse yourself off anymore so why did it take us us being the industry why did it take us seven years to figure that one out or eight or nine or whatever because that seems like a like i'm looking at it and if you follow my content i'm going to show like the video i mean and you've got the cool sponsored soap and stuff and that's cool too but just the concept of instead of standing in dirt you put your shoes down and they get dirt, more mud and dirt everywhere you leave just as muddy as you came in yep you put it on drain steel that drains what would you call that yeah yeah we raise it up on the same materials we build a lot of the obstacles out of so we were able to get it in a way that you can get up there you can actually get clean you can walk on flooring to a changing tent that has lights and mirrors and beard cream in it i mean what more could you ask for but um no i mean the biggest piece of it matt is that and, and not a shameless plug but every man jack our men's grooming partner and soap and glory our women's partner invested with us to do that okay and that's the that's the big thing that i think the difference in the ocr industry is getting partners and sponsors who don't just want to come in and put their logo on something but actually want to come in and upgrade the experience for customers it's a big difference between what we do at tough mutter and where everybody else is um all right well okay i mean i think there have been soap things before i think dr bronner's did a thing before yeah some time back but but the the concept of like i said of actually raising it up and giving people a place to step on. Now, I didn't see if, if in the middle of the day or there were lines at all. Sometimes that can be an issue in the shower area. Yeah, well, we'll scale it up, make it bigger for, for larger events. You know, but we had no lines there this weekend. It was pretty smooth. Okay. Um, Everybody's coming out fresh and moisturized. I mean, what more? Can well, you, you got okay. Enough with the damn sponsor plugs. I appreciate that you're trying to push them, but uh, <laughs> it's because you have a beard. I think that's why. Oh, the mud's good for your skin. 
No, but I think you have a beard, and that's why you're so excited to have the, the beard sponsor. Oh, I was talking about the moisture you get from the mud. I mean, this beautiful California sand does wonders for your skin. Well, uh, I would say if we had a bunch of rain, this is a very different course. And well, it, as we saw in L.A. 2018, a bunch of rain in Southern California wreaks havoc in any number of places. Well, right, because we didn't get to have the race. But if it didn't do that, it would. how much time would we be spending on those hills? I mean, forget it. Yeah. It, it, would, it would make the course like take twice as long. You might have to cut some of the hills out, maybe. Well, yeah, we would have changed the course probably a little bit. Uh, for those who ran this weekend, you saw a lot of the drainage pass and things where water runs off those hills. It's pretty aggressive up there. But it's a good reminder of any Tough Mudder course. We do our best to try and ensure weatherproof things as much as we can. But you know, Mother Nature wreaks havoc in a lot of these environments. Well, Dare I say Philly 2018? Yeah. Philly 2018 was really bad, too. Yeah. I was there, bro. Pittsburgh 2018. We had, a lot of, we had a lot of challenging rain events last year. Yeah, and we're in the outdoor business. We sure are. So it's something you can't control. Right? Yeah. It's, I mean, look. The rain, the wind. We had a crazy, like, microburst tornado blow through the Kentucky Mudder Village last year, two days before you know, event weekend, like Thursday night. Destroyed everything. We had to rebuild the entire thing in a day. Like, 2018 was hands down the craziest weather year I've seen in my 15 years in the outdoor events industry. It was nuts. Uh, and we, and almost every place we went to, were dealing with some sort of crazy weather. You mean even doing, like, New York Marathon oh, stuff? Yeah. Yeah, I lived through a hurricane there and all sorts of things, but the 2018 was by far the craziest weather year. How many people run the New York Marathon every year? They're up to close to like 55,000. It was like 52,000 and change when I left, but I think they're, they're slowly getting bigger every year. Biggest marathon in the world. But they, I thought they, but don't they cap it? It is capped. Yeah, it's and capped every year. So when do they just figure out like, eh, squeeze it, squeeze a few more thousand through? Yeah, grow slowly, grow incrementally. It's challenging New York City to run that race. It's a lot of complicated. They've got to get everybody out to Staten Island. They've got to all run over a bridge. Central Park's really congested, trying to get people out. So it's, you don't want to get it too big too fast. How many policemen do you hire for that event? There were close to like 10,000 police officers that worked that event. Wow! Yeah. And from not just New York City police, too. I mean, federal government agencies and state agencies. There's a lot of, a lot of law enforcement. It's one of the safest places to be in New York on well, first Sunday in November. Well, I mean, and not to like like bum people out but now that we're talking about it so after boston Mm -hmm. how much were you guys like oh man like like we already you know have this thing where there's so many people that anything can happen like was there like a freak out was there just like a a retooling of processes i mean it yeah i mean i I wouldn't call it a freak out i think it was really an interesting focus from you know government agencies and others who had never really considered marathons and outdoor running events to be a major security risk before. Yeah. Right. They figured the Super Bowl. Yeah, sure. Their time was focused on venues, right? They were looking at stadiums and arenas and ballparks. Uh, but the marathon became a big you know, focus for them. And we're really lucky to have really great partners in the city of New York who wanted to be a part of the planning process and got invested with us and really educated themselves. I mean, we'd, we'd had a great relationship with a lot of them for a long time because you can't shut down 26 miles of streets without you know, a good relationship with a police department. But... Uh, it was definitely a, a fresh perspective, and a lot of smaller race organizers and you know, uh, even people like you know, Tough Mudder in the OCR industry had to think about things that they never really thought about before. Weekend. A lot of time out in the sun. A lot of time out in the sun. Miles on the mountain. And not enough uh, water and or sunscreen. <laughs> well, we got plenty of water out here. I should sunscreen. be, but I, I should be like a veteran, right? Like, you think you've done this once or twice before. Right. right. Yeah. But like every time I like walk away from the event with like a giant farmer's tan because I'm... Souvenir. Here's something interesting. The Tough Mudder crew, always in black. 
Yep. Doesn't help when you're in the heat, dude. Well, I mean, we have brand new uniforms this year. If you remember last year, we were in these blue, like, uh, now very, like, baby blue uniforms. So. Well, first you had some really ugly red ones that Merrill just missed on, right? Remember those ugly maroon ones? And you the, guys were. The maroon you, ones. Yeah, those were before my time. Those, and you guys were like, no, Merrill, give us another option. The staff, the staff used to complain about those because they're really hot. Yeah. You know, right. Really, really warm. Right. Uh, and then we had, yeah, we had a different you know, one from Merrill. If you go way back, you still see some vintage, you know, Under Armour ones from back in the day, but these. The new ones here from Atlantic are actually like performance sportswear there. So they're nice, cool ones to wear out in the, in the sun. So as president, you do not, you don't ban the Under Armour. If anybody shows up to the office with the old Armour gear, you don't make them change. Well, we do have a new, you know, a new partner, Matt. So you know, on site is the Atlantic guys only. But I mean, in the a office, lot of tough mutter veterans running around. Got know, the old, the old stuff. The alumni club that's got the old stuff. Dosekis. See some vintage things, some Dosekis, other things popping. Hey, you might see, you might see a you know return from our friends at Dosekis at some point down the road. What, 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 so. what about Cellucor? those <laughs> we're pretty we're pretty happy with our friends at celsius so do you see what celsius is doing over here today do you ride the bike no there's a bike yeah they've got like a speed bike challenge in there they all sorts of fun stuff going on all right so let's get to that back to seriousness yeah, yeah. kyle i'm always serious um uh first of all i do have to get used to when somebody says ask kyle i'm like why would i ask fucking coach it's you <laughs> Apparently they're calling me new Kyle. Oh, but yeah. that's, I don't know, that's not good. Yeah, I'll just say Kyle. Yeah, I think, but, and it's funny because I don't call Coach Kyle ever. He's Coach. Yeah. But when someone says, check with Kyle, it just takes me a second. I'm like, oh. Yeah, so we'll stick with the Coach real The real Kyle. And Kyle. Right. So um, you talk to me on the phone and you're like, hey, Matt, this is what's going to be better. We're going to do improved festival area. And in my mind, and I said this to, I said this to, you were very focused on food trucks, if I remember right, the conversation. <laughs> Listen, my, there's, my people who are listening like know how important I am to food trucks. This weekend, great success, food trucks. But what I said... Did you to, have the pizza cone? I didn't have the pizza cone. I had the burrito bowls yeah, I was and the tacos. Truly, truly you know, fascinated by the concept of the pizza cone. They cook it in like this little revolving oven thing. It's Maybe point. I should try it. You should. Okay. But every race says that. Every race says... Great event, blah, blah, obstacles, great festival area, stuff for the kids. Like, everybody says those things. And maybe they deliver, maybe they don't. Maybe it's a lot of times it's the average, whatever. Here's State Farm. Here's a local massage guy, whatever. And you seem to really do it right. And I I honestly don't think I can put my finger on it. Now, uh, Sam said it's about the layout and how you did it. It still didn't make sense to me. All I know is it, it is a good experience. Well, I'll tell you, I mean, like, not to get too far into the science behind it, but a big thing that, that we tried to do here is separate the party from the business. Okay. Yeah. So registration. Much like hours, a mullet. Exactly like a mullet. It, you know, it's funny. We use the mullet now <laughs> as the baseline to design the new Mutter Village. Um, but business in the front, party in the back. Right. And making the party stuff important. You know, it's everybody puts marketing messaging out there, right? Of course. You know, big festival. You know, food. Big right. 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 For the kids, live entertainment. Right. We got to deliver on that. You know, if people on if we say something, you know, and it's something, you know, Tough Mudder is a lesson that you know, I think we've learned over the last year. If you say something, you know, your customers are going to hold you to it. So we got to deliver on that. So I think we did this weekend. I, no, I think you did too. And so when you say separate, when you say separate, I don't. It seems seamless to me. Yeah. I just seem a. I good. see, I see a good. Experience. You figured it out, right? But you didn't have bathrooms next to the DJ, and you didn't have rent stations next to the food truck, right? And, you know, and that's not, it wasn't always the case. You know, you'd go to you know, Tough Mudder events in the past and find things kind of you know, stashed wherever we had space for them. And look, it's challenging to design these events. Venues are sometimes you know, pretty complex, but we're going to try and design a party area you know, that's separate from the place where you take care of the stuff you have to take care of. All right. Uh, well, there's, 
there's another difference. Make it awkward. Maybe it won't. There's another big difference this weekend that's that people said to me even on Friday, and that's you. I don't know what's different about that, but I've well, been here for like a year. What's that? I've been here for a year. Well, you as president engaging the community. It's important. Look, you know, and it's it's not just about me. You know, we've got a, a hundred person team here at Tough Mudder who is out here every weekend engaging with the community as well. But you know, I think it's important as we talked about before and as we said at the world's toughest brunch last year, we gotta listen. You know, there's a lot of feedback coming out of last year and a lot of customers have got you know been doing this a lot longer than I have. I've been out here for many more events than I've been to, who've been doing this for many more years than I have, and they've got good ideas, they got good feedback. And at the end of the day, if if you know we're listening to that and we're delivering on it, then you know that's what we're here to do. I've you know, got the best job in the world. I get to come out and serve this crazy community who has you know, kind of built themselves around what Tough Mudder is and continue to deliver great experiences for them and make sure that they've got a place to come out and see their friends and bring new people into this. And couldn't ask for a better job. Correct. And it's not something we've seen before. The president being out with the people, genuinely interested, genuinely uh, engaging, yeah, look, I mean, I can't really speak too much to the past. You know, I got here and I got here in May last year, and it was important for me to get out uh, in the field and be here as much as I could. I made it to about a dozen events last year, uh, and you know, our team spends a lot of time on the road, and I like to be out here to support them as well. So it was important, especially first event of the year. We took a long off season to go back and plan and right. get everything right. So longest off season we've had in a while, right. five months, you know, with no tough mutters on the calendar. Uh, but a lot of it was to make sure that we had the time to kind of get all these pieces put together and deliver on, you know, 10 new obstacles out there this weekend, deliver on this great festival area. And, and you know, the team did a great job. And I know you've seen, because I spoke with Sam about it, there's a, there was a thread in one of the communities last night that it's pretty much, I would think, exactly what you wanted. People were saying what I've been saying. This was great. Tough Mudder's back great obstacles, great experience, blah, blah, blah. And like, really like people, like it was like several comments in a row. And I was like, I sent it to Sam and turns out she'd seen it. Um, I don't know if you guys like lurk in the groups or have accounts in other groups, but apparently she'd already seen it. So anyhow, well, here, question for you, Matt. Yes. So I'm, I'm pretty active in the ambassador Facebook group. Okay. You know? So I'll, I'll post some things. I'll answer questions, all that kind of stuff. Right. Is it appropriate for the president of Tough Mudder to be active in the Legionnaire, the world's toughest group or no community poll? What do you think? Um, it depends. I think the because because there's different groups, right? That have different yeah, vibes, yeah. right? For sure. So like the WTM community, like I'm not a fan of a lot of things they do. Like for example, okay, if someone is thinking about joining, thinking about signing up for World's Toughest Mudder, and they try to join that group to like say learn more information, they will not be let in because they haven't purchased a ticket yet. I think that's dumb. And the logic of the people who run the site, who I'm not going to fight on it because I've got other things to do. Or like, well, they haven't, they're not do, they haven't done the event yet. And how, why is that better or worse than a guy who did the event in 2012 but hasn't done a, an event since, but he's in the group who never posts? So it just seems That's weird. Yeah. So wait, back to your thing. Should you be in all the groups? No. I think maybe one, maybe? I mean, at the end of the day, someone can screenshot you whatever they need, right? Yep. At the end of the day, any one of these people, wh- whatever. The internet is not, nothing's safe, right? Like I, I tell people all the time, you send someone a text, assume they've screenshotted it. So never say anything that you don't think you don't want the fucking whole world to know. True. Right? Good or bad or whatever. Right? Um, 
So anyhow, sounds like that's happened to you before. <laughs> I'm just let, speaking from experience. I'm saying that it's the truth. You know, it's a it's the line from. Uh, have you seen? Uh, I'm sure you've seen uh, Heat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he says that he's like, "All right, assume they got our phones. Assume they got everything." So back to what I was saying. Should Never you thought be you'd work a Heat reference into this? But that was good. Yeah. Such a good movie. Uh, yeah. First of all, you should communicate with the community some, but. I, yeah, I think if you're in one of the groups, fine, and maybe maybe throw a note in there once in a while. But yeah, I think you've got other things to. Well, look, other. here's a short of it. I love the feedback. Yeah, but so. being here is the. Be- I think that's the best thing you can do is go up to people and say, "How was it? Please be honest. Tell me the good and the bad." And then when they tell you all the things they like, do what you did with me. Okay, tell me what you didn't like. Yeah. Because sometimes people aren't comfortable saying it right away or whatever. So I think that's you know that's your real live webpage right there, brother. Get in there. Oh, thanks. <laughs> well, look, we got to hear it. You know, we got to get out there. And we got to spend some time with people hearing of the stuff that we got to fix. You know, it's so funny. Uh, Legionnaire walked up to me yesterday and she's like, I spent time on top of Everest doing my assist 100 mutters. She's like, my knees are so torn up because the, of the metal grates that are up there. She's like, you know, what, what, what does it take to get padding on tough mutter or on padding on the top of Everest? So we made the call. We got some pads up there, you know, put some rubber down. And she's like, I can't believe it took three years to do that. I'm like, nobody's ever said anything before. Nobody's ever mentioned I've it. never heard that before. No, no, no. But you think about it. You know, like how many people are kneeling on top of Everest, helping people up? It totally makes sense. And we'll have pads on top of Everest for events to come. But that's the type of feedback, small stuff, big stuff, you know, opinions, facts. We want to hear that kind of stuff. So here's what else I said to Sam today. Everything. Sam's getting a lot of airtime. She's pretty popular. <laughs> Sam's, we're, we're in a UTV together. You're going to spend time together. Um, I said... Sam, by the way, for your listeners, is you know, Tough Mudder's social media guru. So Correct. And so much more. She does quite a bit of stuff So much us. more. But I said, so here's the good news and the bad news for you guys. Now you just have to do that every time. You guys have to do that 20 more times this year, or 20, whatever it is, right? Because you have a shit market, whatever, and those, that's all they've experienced, right? Yeah. If it goes sideways in... Dallas or wherever, and that's that city's experience. Yep, Tough Mudder still sucks, right? Remember that 50, 60% of these people out here are brand new. Right. And are doing it for the first time in their home market. And the goal for me is that we're able to take those people and convert them to being legionnaires, part of the community. Right. That they have the experience, they get the bug. And we talked to, I was pouring beers for a while in the the beer tent yesterday. We got slammed in the beer tent because it was hot and everybody was drinking and having a good time. And uh, talked to so many 5K participants who were like, I got to come back and do the classic. I got to come back and do the classic. Right, that's the goal. That's the goal. And it's growing the tribe. Well, so, but but I'm saying you're not out of the woods yet. That's what I'm trying to say. I agree. One great event does not a... I totally agree. Right? Look, as much as I've said it before, and I'll say it again, we can say as much as we want about great festival and great obstacles and all that kind of stuff, but we have to deliver it. Right. And we've got to continue to deliver it. And I think, look, it's a... it's not fair to say that we're going to get it 100% right 100% of the time. Right. We're in the outdoor events business. There is you know, weather and all sorts of factors and things that will get in the way. But when we don't get it right, we want to hear about it because we're going to fix it and we'll continue to make it better. So the other thing we talked about that I really liked was the level up lanes. Yeah. Um, we've had Legionnaire lanes in the past and I feel like this weekend there were more. And I just think we talked about this a little bit off mic that level up is the right word for it not legionnaire have you done or you not done it just like do you want to try the harder one or not and i just think that's awesome let people make a choice yep brand new or not brand new some things i did level up uh um whatchamacallit i did not well <laughs> the, a lot of legionnaires entrapment i did not do the legionnaire lane <laughs> a lot of legionnaires will tell you too that we had a really hard time policing legionnaire lanes right and it also becomes pretty you know like 
a rough experience if you're talking to a new participant who really wants to try something and you're like, I'm sorry, you can't do this until you come back the second time. Maybe that person doesn't ever come back a second time again. Right. So, but on the level up side, you know, where it gives us a great you know thing to play with. We've got tons of ideas. We're going to consistently tip, you know, switch them up. There's going to be new level up lanes at almost every event. You're never going to really see the same thing twice. And it gives us a new testing ground to play with new obstacle stuff too. So you'll see, you know, maybe ideas that are beta tests for new obstacles appear as level up lanes. Right. Um, and you know, you're going to see more constant innovation for us. That's part of getting back to our roots at Tough Mudder. If you remember the early days, there were new obstacles popping out all the time. Not just you know once a year at obstacle innovation, right? Uh, and you'll see a lot more of that this year as we continue to try some stuff, alpha tests, beta tests at different events. You know, more new obstacles coming out. My goal is that you come here and you know in LA have a great time, and you come back and run Vegas or SoCal, and you have an even better time because there's new stuff for you to try, new things for you to do. Maybe I should come back. You should, because you don't come to Georgia till oof end of the year. I know, and we'll be there November, right? Well, World back to back this year, November Worlds, you know, back to back weekends. You can just camp out, stay there the whole week. Well, I, I live but 40 minutes, 40 minutes away? Yeah, but you might miss something if you're not physically there. Wait a minute. Okay, so wait a minute. You're doing, there's not a two-week gap? It's, no. It's the no next gap. weekend. It is the next weekend. That's a lot of work, right? I mean, the team's pretty much down there the whole time anyway. We live in Atlanta for the, you know, the month around worlds. So. Right. Now, I could not get Eli or Nolan to meet me at Waffle House. Would you meet me at Waffle House? Ooh. You know, I grew up in the South. So I grew up in the Tampa, Florida area. Okay. So Waffle House is a you know like ingrained part of my childhood. Right. What I, about I'd what, go to Waffle House. What about Hooters? Do you know that they use Waffle House as like a rating system for hurricanes? Yes. It's incredible. I'm very aware of that. Yeah. Uh, every year w- when the winter gets bad or whatever, people send me links about that. Or when a guy gets drunk and naked in a Waffle House, people send me a lot of Waffle House news. Perhaps yes. that should be my second thing. A Waffle I should, House podcast. I should aggregate. I should aggregate. Uh, it's like the Georgia equivalent of Florida Man, right? You're using Waffle House stories. <laughs> exactly. But, but, but I was saying, isn't Hooters out of Tampa, Florida? Hooters is out of... So my hometown's actually Clearwater, which is a town you know, right on the Gulf side of Tampa, and that's the original... Uh, Hooters was like you know, a mile from my house. Right. Yeah. So you've been there. I have been there. It's been some time. I hear they're not doing so well, though. And, and really? Yeah. Well, it's not very woke, right? Yeah, it's a not little... Very, yeah, it's not, not exactly very, the... Uh, not very 2019. No, probably past its prime. But here's what's interesting is that in the last few years, there have been, like, there was a whole thing, right? There's Twin Peaks, and there's a whole, like, like three or four of them that, like, came out of, like, oh, well, let's do that, but we'll make it slightly different. Are we talking about obstacles again, or still are we talking about Hooters? Talk about Hooters. Okay. I thought we were talking about Twin Peaks, the obstacle. Ah! I'm saying that those, anyway, I'm sure that, I'm sure that they're, I mean, I'm sure their numbers are dwindling. They were, remember they had an airline? Remember that? I don't think that lasted very long. I know, but come on. I mean, Donald Trump had an airline, too. That also didn't last very long. I mean, so. come on. Like, Hooters Air? Got to give Everybody can start an airline these days. A little right? chutzpah. For, how do airlines ever make money? You're, you're in a business guy. How, honestly, they, how do they ever make money? Well, I mean, at this point, they, you know, there aren't that many airlines left. They're all combining, consolidating. I used to be a continental flyer, like, way back in the day. Wait. And then United bought them up, and everybody's buying everybody up. Right, but so do you see what I'm saying? Remember, like, 10 years ago, there's so many different airlines. You could fly did Northwest. You, did yeah. you used to take the, like, the New York to Philly, like, express jet or whatever? You could drive faster. Okay. Did you ever take the New York to D.C.? Like New York to D.C., yeah. Right. Where did you fly continental to? I used to, I mean, I've lived in New Jersey for like 15 years. Right. So, you know, there used to be the, the there was a hub there out of Newark. Yeah. Right. So whenever Disgusting I Newark. Work, took, yeah. It's a great airport now. It's a is beautiful it, airport. Is it really? Yeah. It's really great. I love it. Oh, here's an interesting question. Do you have a, uh, and you should, 
quote unquote. Oh, so this is a, this is a setup question. Well, Do no, you no, have? No. You should. No, no. You, you nobody should ever should. I don't want to say it that way. It would make sense. Another way to say it. Some might say it would make sense to have a to have an airline and or hotel partner because your team travels, people travel for the events. Have you ever looked into that? We've got a partnership with Priceline. Okay. So then you'll see a lot of the stuff that people get when they register for Tough Mudder ahead of time that they can get special deals for you know things that they set up, airlines, rental cars, hotels, that sort of thing. Uh, we've had tons of conversations over the years with with hotel and airline partners. Just haven't found the right one that's a good fit for us yet. So I did think of another thing that yeah. Sam once again making airtime for Sam. Are you listening? Does she listen to the podcast? She probably does. Yeah. Um, that you partnered with a local beer. We did for Hanger Twenty Four, and people loved it. Sounded yeah, and it turned. I mean. Great beer, by the way. Uh, it's something we're going to be trying in a number of different places this year. So we'll have some regional beer partners. We'll have you know, some you know, local single market only beer partners. But it's not one national beer partner across People the board. People really seem to love a craft local beer. Makes a big difference, right? So, uh, look, we, you know, we're interested in trying things that drive local authenticity. Can we get them to turn that down real quick? It's super loud. Yeah. There you go. I want, I, want, I want the listeners to know that Kyle merely turned around. He didn't have to say anything. He just turned around, and the volume went down. <laughs> the, the, the team is that good, and they can sense when you need the volume down. Exactly. Uh, no, I mean, we're trying. big part of what we're trying to do is also be authentic and local. So bringing people out who are relevant to the area. We're trying to drive some economic impact in the communities that we're in. It's really interesting. Like when I worked in big city marathons, you know, economic impact was something you talked about all the time because we used to drive hundreds of millions of dollars in hotel nights and airfares and all these people flying in for it. Tough Mudder gets to come out to these relatively small communities, right? Like, you know, we're not in L.A. We're in, you know, rural San Bernardino, um, an hour from L.A. And it's, you know, this may be the biggest event they have here all year in terms of number of people coming out here. And we see that all over the place. You know, Rockford, Illinois, outside of Chicago. We have really great partners in the local, you know, communities there. Um, who want Tough Mudder to be there. We help you know, get local businesses involved. We try to drive business to the local trash company and the local restaurants and food trucks. And, you know, and if we can bring the local breweries and the local beer guys in as well, um, then it's a great partnership for us. You know? And there's still some great national brands too who want to be involved. And you know, too little too early to say who's on the docket for this year, but we'll be making some announcements in the next couple of weeks about you know, which beer partners are going to pop up in which markets. But I think people will be pleasantly surprised with the, uh, the roster they see this year. All right. Well, is there anything else you want the people to know before we hang up? I mean, Matt, how was your on-course experience this weekend? You ran twice, right? No, you, I ran you once. The classic, and then I ran the classic, and, oh, and you uh, got shuttled around in a cart. And then the I was shuttled around in a cart today. I was supposed, to, not supposed to. I had told Heather from Overcome and Run I might do a lap with her today, and then finishing yesterday, I was like, "There's not a chance of doing a lap." I halfway through the day, I thought I'll just do the 5K lap, and then and then by the end of the course, I was like, "Nope, I'm good. I'm not doing the." course today uh, i had a great time um i had a great time for all the reasons i love the level up lanes I, I i told you i hadn't done a lot of those obstacles because i was at beta and i was at wtn but i didn't do them yeah so to actually participate in the new obstacles was a lot of fun um black widow aka pink widow pink widow um uh leap of faith the gauntlet Wait, which was leap of faith the one with the net where you jump Oh, the one my pipe. son did. Yeah, yeah, the one you threw your son into. <laughs> the one that Jackson did. I liked that one. I liked all the new options. Your son survived from that? Is he over the PTSD that he incurred He's from totally, that experience? He's so much more PTSD he experiences on a daily basis. He didn't report you to anybody, right? Like, <laughs> Thankfully, no. no. <laughs> um, um, I'm really t- I can't think of the new obstacles, but they were all great. Uh, the gauntlet is great. It was just, it was a lot of fun. And like, in like a weird way, like 
like stupid you know what i mean like jumping in a thing of ice is fucking stupid and you get out and you're like that was stupid and hilarious and i'm freezing you know what i mean yeah like in the best way so i'll tell you what i learned this week and i never knew it before that the a lot of people from the world's community do the rochambeau rock paper scissors <laughs> in the arctic enema right genius it's brilliant of like who gets out first yeah they, they have to stay in until you win rock paper scissors right i've seen that that's not something i'm gonna i'm gonna do i mean there are people that spend time in electroshock yeah well, we, I don't know if you if you were over there today when we were handing out beers in Electroshock. You had to you had to finish your beer before you could come out the backside of Electroshock. So. I, I did not see that. Yeah, and Clinton Jackson's birthday today. We yeah. celebrated that. In well, it's not today. It was like a week ago. Oh, did we miss it? It's okay. We did yeah. celebrate it. But but here's the thing. Like I swore off Electroshock therapy. I'm like I've earned it. I don't have to go through new people. They can do it. And if my if I'm going with a new friend, I go, dude, go do it. But yesterday, I went with my buddy, and, uh, and it was good. I was glad I did it. Yeah. There's a good one this weekend too. Those hay bales were double high. Nice little. Well, it's no, it's way worse when it's muddier, and then you like kiss the mud. You know what I mean? Like it's that, pretty sandy out here, right? So, yeah. All right. Thanks, Matt. Always good to catch up. Yeah, man. We'll see you. Uh, we'll talk soon. Sounds good. There we go. Tough Mudder LA 2019. What a weekend it's been. I'm still driving on the highway. You listened. You so you just enjoyed that. You listened to the whole thing, and I'm still fucking driving. How's that fair? Speaking of fair, I just heard Bill Burr on a show, and uh, people were saying, like, hey, what are you listening to? What are you watching? So I, I forgot to do that for a couple weeks. So let's bring it back. I just watched Stars Born on the flight out here. I watched Stars Born and the Queen movie. So two musically inspired movies. And uh, all I can say is, fucking what's-his-name got robbed. The Queen guy won, and that movie was, like, okay at best. Like, it's fun, because it's Queen songs, and Queen songs are fucking awesome. Uh, and hearing those songs, again, is, like, great in your life. But the movie is, like, eh, right? Like, it's not... You're not going to watch it over and over again. Maybe you will. I don't know. Anyway, what's-his-name, on the other hand, handsome what's-his-name, was amazing. And the songs are great, and it's an amazing story. Stars born. So, if you haven't seen either of those movies, if you're if you're if you're Josh Chase, you've probably seen them all. Um, hey Josh, how do I plug in this uh, thing in my car? Well, you hook it up, and then you get the router, and then uh, boom, you're done. Uh, Rami Malek, I'm sure you're a wonderful person, but you did not deserve to win over. I can't believe I can't think of the guy's fucking name, uh, because the movie was great, and he was great. Man, that, that whole billboard should be your fucking nose, man. I just, your fucking nose is huge. I wish the whole billboard was your nose. What the fuck's his name? We're going to sit here until I think of it, and then I'll let it out the space later. You know, the problem is I can't Google. I'm driving, and I don't want to look down and Google it, because I don't want to crash. Because, by the way, uh, there are a lot of cars on the freeway. This is the only city where it's 4.41 in the morning, and there's as many cars as there are in most cities at, like, 6.40 in the morning. F- passing the Fairplex in Pomona. I've been on this freeway so many times. When I was a young man, we're now probably way past the music part, the country music thing. Um, so many comedy gigs where I was on this freeway and like you know you're getting relatively close. You're still a little bit less than an hour away from home. Passing the Fairplex in Pomona. LA, my LA people know what I'm talking about. West Coast peeps. Bradley Cooper! Fuck! Bradley Cooper, amazing. If you don't go out there and come from your fucking soul, you're going to lose your legs. I wish that whole fucking billboard was your nose. I got to run. Love you guys. Miss you and mean it. I really do.
Now I feel like talking some more. Boop, 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 on the 10 freeway, keeping myself awake. You're on a run, going, what the fuck is Davis talking about? Why would this episode end? Maybe I'll do a whole thing where I just false end. You know, like songs do that? You know, songs like have that thing and like it's like the beat drops or the, the last note and then you think it's over. And then there's a pause. And then there's a pause. It'd be crazy if I wrecked and died, and this is my last thing. I know I, I hate to get morbid on you guys, but this is the shit I think about. Have I ever told you guys that, by the way? Like, I make that joke, like, before I leave my house. Like, bye, honey, going on a trip, unless I die in this plane crash. I just, it, it, if I, if I say it out loud, then it takes the fear away. Have you seen What About Bob? He, uh, he has fake Tourette's to prove he doesn't have it, and then he fakes a heart attack to prove he doesn't have it. I kind of, I do the same thing. So I say morbid shit, like, uh, Hey, hope I don't die in this plane crash. If this is the last thing I ever say, then uh, you can find it. Like, I think if you, if you, even if this phone is destroyed, you can go to the iCloud. So if I die, guys, <laughs> if I die, tell my wife to listen to this. But that's the only way for you to hear it. Anyway, love you, everybody. Love you, Stacy. Love you, my kids. Emma Jackson River, you are my life. I love you. And I'm freaking myself out. I'm going to stop talking morbidly. All right, I got to run. It was only a kiss. And she's calling a cab. And I'm having a smoke.
Hey, so that song, great song by the Killers, of course, Mr. Brightside. If you have not seen the video that I'm about to describe, you need to stop what you're doing right now and find it. And if you have seen it, you need to go back and watch it because it will make you cry happy and sad tears at the same fucking time. There's a guy in a pub singing this song to his dead friend. And he gets the whole bar to cheer to sing with him. So just Google Mr. Brightside bar, Mr. Brightside wake, Mr. Brightside funeral. I don't know what it's under. Uh, but it's changed that song forever for me because I think of this man uh, who loves his friend so much that he leads around to this song uh, in a bar. So now I really have to run, seriously. Seriously, I've got to run. Spin your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.